You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Incredibly honored to have Tamara Lackey on the podcast today, you guys. This is definitely, definitely worth your time. She is so inspirational from running a business to adopting and building a family, as she says intentionally, which I just adore. Um, she's incredible. She's a friend of mine. Uh, she's a mentor to me, and she's just an all around amazing person. And who doesn't like having a conversation with an all around amazing person? Definitely sit back, kick your feet up. In honor of Tamara and I, grab a glass of wine and enjoy. Today I have with me my friend Tamara, who is amazing and so, so big. And thank you for taking the time for joining us today. She is incredible. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Tell us who you are, Tamara, before I swoon over you even more. Um, so who am I? I, who am I? Such a deep question. Great question. Um, I am a human being who, uh, loves living a creative life. So as a photographer, as a parent, this is in no particular order, as a cafe coffee shop and very recently little market owner. Um, I'm about to list all my things. There's, I'm, I'm a human being. You can, you can, this is a podcast for bragging. And yeah. <laughs> so like, we love ourselves on this podcast. You could tell us all the amazing things. Okay, all right. So I met you, I don't know, a bajillion years ago. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, Tamara's a fellow Nikon ambassador. Um, yeah, we're, we're part of, part of the Nikon family together, which is something that I still can't even believe I'm saying, but I am. And so happy. I really um, have always admired you because you are one of those artists that lives their art, right? You are, uh, a, would you consider yourself a family photographer, a child photographer? What, what title would you use? Yeah. Uh, I would say portrait because I do a lot of other portraits of things and people and animals, but yes. Awesome. Um, but you live your, I mean, you are amazing parent. Cool. Tell us a little bit of your story with your children and the adoption Yeah. So, um, we, uh, built our family very consciously through a combination of birth and adoption. And, uh, the initial plan was we wanted to have four children, birth, adopt, birth, adopt. Um, and, uh, we did the birthing thing and our oldest is amazing. And then we adopted, but while we were adopting our son, we lived in the orphanage in Ethiopia and were really struck by what it means for there to be 150 million orphans around the world who do not belong to a family. And, um, with our experience, a combination of that, and also the knowing of what it feels like to love your children genuinely equally. I wish I could bottle that up for people to understand. No, no, you just love them. Um, we went on to, um, adopt again, our daughter, we brought her home when she was three and a half from Ecuador. We lived there for a couple months, making that happen. Um, one of the blessings of running your own business is that you could set up a scope to, to do that. Both of us, we both run our own businesses, myself and my husband. And, um, and then with that experience, we went on to start an additional adoption about four and a half years ago. And unfortunately I've run through so much heartache in the way of bureaucracy and expanded, um, red tape and now the shutdown of uh, the Ethiopian government in terms of even doing 
adoption. So that has been a long and um, heartbreaking and beautiful road that we're, we're still on. That'll be a longer road, but that's the, that's the family. I love it. I love that you said that you consciously built your family because that is just, I mean, the decisions that you made behind that are something that um, we don't always get to do, right? And if you're just birthing. So if you... Just birthing. Just birthing. birthing. Just birthing. Like it's nothing. But you know, it's true. I mean, I, it's funny because we all have these plans, right? Like I wanted my kids to be two years apart and they're four years apart. I mean, you know, the universe had other plans for me. So... um, I, always, I just think it's very interesting how you put it that you consciously built it. And I think that that really speaks volumes to who you are because you consciously built a lot of things in your life, your career, your family, um, this new career. What do you, what do you, can you talk to me about this? First of all, I want to come to North Carolina just to come to your coffee shop, but now I see that you're yeah. serving wine and it's even more tempting. So <laughs> how did you get into that? Uh, so when we, we've had, I've been a professional photographer for, for, um, gosh, this, I started my business January of 2003. So it's coming up on 16 years as, uh, in terms of running a studio and having associate photographers. And we are currently now in the third commercial space we've been in. So the first one, we had a great experience. We were there for six years. Then we shifted locations and, um, and inevitably the idea was we want a place where it, we can walk or bike to work. And that's centrally located between the kids' schools because we spend a lot of time pick up, drop off, you know, you know, the drill. And so, um, we, the, the space that offered us that was a larger than we needed, more expensive than we needed situation. But, um, we are able to gut out the current Spot, which was a fashion boutique at the time. It's this whole like kind of, um, there's the retail and there's living spaces and, you know, it's getting more and more popular throughout the country, but that's where it is. And it's literally a 15 minute bike ride from our home. So we started building that out and I thought that whole area is lovely, but why is there not a coffee shop? Mm-hmm. And so the idea was born from a desire for coffee <laughs> and the fact that there was not anything accessible that was good. So it started out thinking, what if we put out like a coffee cart? Mm-hmm. And that became, well, let's have a couple chairs and tables. And then now it's this um, 2,200 square foot you know, coffee shop and a specialty bar and wine bar. And we have um, uh, foods and amazing baked desserts. And, and it's all vegan, all the baked goods and everything is vegan um, because I have a very strong passion for, um, for that, for you know, the kindness in that. And, um, and then, so the wine bar came in, which has been really lovely. And just recently, as in the last two weeks, we started putting together our market. So we've got a little vegan market, which is like a simple grocery kind of cute accessibility to all the things that people have to go to six different stores for, or can't even get here in North Carolina, as well as, um, a gift shop that, that is made up of, uh, products that are meant to do good. Like, so supporting, um, groups that are trying to support their families or their village or wherever they are. So that is actually rolling out officially opening up next week. That's amazing. Okay. So what I love about this, and it's like literally it's making my heart pitter pat right now. What I love about this is that you have a mission in your life, life doing it in so many different, different ways, right? Doing it behind the camera, you're doing it outside the camera, you're doing it in everything that you do. It's really the same mission. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Hey, thanks. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> I I love that. I mean, I see myself in, in sort of that same aspect of shamelessly feminine. Yeah. Doing everything I do is really about behind the lens, outside the lens, and I just love that. I mean, for the photographers that listen, because we because we do big photography, although it's not all photographers. Um, this is what I talk about when I say you need to have your why and you need to live your passion, and it needs to be bigger than just you know, oh, I take pictures to empower people, like blah, blah, blah. So does everybody else in the world. You well, know, not, not everybody else in the world does that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. But a lot of people say it that they do. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you separate yourself? And I mean, you have created this whole umbrella of things that you do that separate yourself. Do you find actually that the coffee shop and market and the wine shop and all that actually brings you photography business? Like, is it a one hand wash is another type situation? So, um, interestingly enough, I would say the, the thing that connects all these businesses is the concept of, um, community that we're all connected, that we're more alike than we are different, different. And I truly genuinely believe that we are all on this planet to care for each other. And I think there's this dearth of empathy that is just painful to experience and witness and, and see grow in so many ways. And so, um, one of the big connections with all that is the understanding that we need to better connect with each other. And so the coffee shop is a, a community house. Like that is a big part of what it's become. Yes, I'm obsessed with coffee and I quite like my wine. Um, but the idea is that um, everybody is welcome. We literally have signs up that, you know, enforce that, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we want it to be something where people are greeted in a very, very kind and warm and welcoming way. Um, but the coffee shop ties into the photography business. Obviously, it's attached. It's a, a whole space. We have our whole studio um, that is in the same building that we built out. And, um, and we have my photographs all over the wall. I can send you some imagery of that. But um, so that certainly does help build the traction there. We've got cards up that talk about what we do and contact information. Uh, but it's also deeply connected to Beautiful Together, our nonprofit. So we have a percentage of proceeds go back to Beautiful Together. We showcase the projects we do in the shop so people come in and can read about what we're doing and um, get involved if they want to. And, um, and that's so from, from a kind of a 360 perspective, it is enabling a lot of what we're doing. Nothing is actually completely separate in terms of where we're putting our attention. That's amazing. So uh, here's a question. How do you, is, is there fear in this? And you decided to take this space that was bigger than what you needed and more expensive than what you needed. And you had these ideas of, you know, you went from coffee cart to coffee shop to now full-blown, you know, everything. Where, where do you lie as far as like the internal dialogue and the fear? Is it, you make it sound easy, like, well, okay, I'm just going to do it. It's so simple. But what happens behind the scenes there? Well, certainly not fearless. <laughs> that, I mean, come on. We both know that nothing that we do that's hard is fearless, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think part of it is just a raw understanding that I actually know you experience that life is so flipping short. And no matter how cliche it is, it's nuts to me that anybody would go through this whole life and not give it their all. Like I get when we're kicked down, I get when we need comfort and I I know when we're exhausted, you know, that is true. Um, and you've experienced unbelievable amounts of that in the last couple of years. Um, couple years, would you say that where, where, how long has it been exactly from start to now? It's been about a year and a half, a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's intense. Um, and part of why so many people are tuned into you and what you're experiencing is this, um, that you have this very powerful understanding that 
Life is so short and sometimes you have to fight really hard mm. to make sure you're in it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, exactly that, when you're looking at the, at the experience you're having, it's kind of hard to sit there and say, oh my God, it's so much work to start a coffee shop. <laughs> you right, know? right. In the context of that, to constantly be remembering that life is short and there's so many things that are harder than all these things I'm doing that I am lucky enough to experience such joy out of. Yeah. I have this little expression that whenever I'm faced with something difficult, it could be anything. I mean, it could be starting a business or it can be doing 10 more squats at the gym. And I, my mind goes, no, we're out. And my internal dialogue goes, this is the hardest thing we've ever done. Mm, there you, you know? go. And then your brain goes, oh, all right, fine. I'll do 10 more squats. You know, or, oh, okay. I'll start it. Or, okay. I'll do, you know, because it's like, when you put it into perspective and you have to cons- consistently remind yourself of that. I think that people think when you have sort of this, I don't know what to call it, life-changing experience, near-death experience, whatever it might be, some sort of trauma in your life, um, that it's just, just easy to wake up every day and go, I'm alive. And I, today I'm going to make the most, and it just, just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, your mind goes back to sort of those old patterns of, you know, oh, what are we going to do today? And is this the right thing? And should I do it? And that's why you have to train your mind just to say, mm, this isn't the hardest thing we've ever done. Let's look, yeah. let's get real for a minute. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that like, um, I mean, everybody I know experiences something that they find, you know, traumatic or stressful. And, and from the outside, you could say, well, your experience is a one compared to this, which is a nine. Uh, but I think tapping into that at whatever level it is for you, I mean, I can tell you no matter how challenging it can be to run multiple lines of business and try to stay with it and keep your whole work-life balance going and make sure you give enough time to your kids, as hard as all that can be, it's nothing comparing to um, leaving Ethiopia and leaving my family behind. Like there's nothing that is more heartbreaking to me in my life than that. And it's something that you know, like many people dealing with something challenging, you're not just in it and done. Like it, there's a long term to everything here. And so, yeah, there's, there's always this kind of, I guess the upside of something so difficult is like, well, <laughs> that was pretty bad. So all of this I can do, you know, I've done harder. Yeah, that's, that's great. So work-life balance is going to be my next question. And, and my, whenever I ask, whenever somebody asks me about work-life balance, I go, what? Uh, not familiar. <laughs> I don't First know. All, the concept doesn't exist. There is no balance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But how, how do you, are there things that you do to make sure that you are present in both work and life? Is, yes. that a fair, is that a more fair question? It is. It is. It's funny about, gosh, six, seven years ago, I can't remember at WPPI, um, I did a talk and I, I, it was all about work-life balance. Right. But I, but I couldn't write balance cause it's such a, you know, I've had promoters like creative live wanted me to say balance and I'm like, Oh, um, but I called it work-life fusion <laughs> and I had people come up and say, well, I don't really do fusion. I don't do video and photography. So I don't think it makes sense to go. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is something I've been, uh, I mean, of all the things that I think that I have screwed up in my life, that's something I feel really good about. That's something that from the very beginning was, um, something I was going to pay a lot of attention to and not always in the best way. Often it's, you know, detriment to my health and, you know, lack of sleep. And I'm sure you know that inside and out. Uh, but, uh, it was something where right in the beginning, I wanted to build a business that allowed me to be there when they came home from school and to go to the plays and to 
Um, if I had to travel for work, you know, we bring our kids a lot with us when we mm-hmm. travel. There's like two things that they don't come to and it's WPI and PPE, the mm-hmm. two star shows, cause they're so slammed. I wouldn't even see them. Yeah. But pretty much all the other things, um, one, if not all are with us. Um, or me. And so that's something that was also, you know, right in the beginning, a choice to say, okay, I'm not going to make the money I'm getting paid for, for this program I'm presenting because I'm spending it all on this other ticket, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have an experience out of it together. And so, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of systems and processes, I am ridiculously spreadsheeted up and down. I actually put so much structure around our lives, which, you know, before I was doing this sounded suffocating, but to me, there's few things that give me more creative energy and freedom than having some boundaries in place. Like it's made a huge difference because I mean, when I sit down to work at the beginning of the day, I have, um, I have a whole system from start to finish, but one of the things I use is a tool called sloth. Mm-hmm. Part of that, it was called 3030 is a different app I use, but basically it's a free app that, um, that I use to put a whole bunch of order around what needs to get done in what order my time estimates around it. And I will clock it. I will hit this. All right, I'm moving on to this. And I'm moving on to this. And the disparity in terms of productivity between when I use this tool and I do not use this tool is nuts. I can get more done in a day than it would take me a week if I were unstructured. Um, This is amazing advice, by the way. I'm like writing it down as you're saying... I have a lot of moments where like, you know, it's crazy and I'm busy and I... uh, And then I sit down and I go, wait, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah, because that fogginess is a product of having so many things going on, being physically tired, you know, trying to consider everybody's needs, you know, thinking about your to-do list. I was late for this podcast, ironically, because I put my phone away to do a mindful meditation walk. And then I came back to like, I was feeling like breezy. It's a beautiful day. I had a lot of time to think. And then I see the alert on my phone. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> All down the drain. <laughs> uh, so close. Uh, but that's not an unusual experience for me either. So it's like, that's the idea of balance. Like you can have everything set up and still screw up, you know? Um, but at least for the most part, I feel like I'm being proactive about the experience versus just putting out fires and feeling like I'm always behind. Yeah, that's that's really great advice. It's something I am going to implement in my life because I, I I just said to my husband this morning, I'm I'm really tired and I'm really overwhelmed and I you know it's a short week. The, actually, the last few weeks have been short weeks at least here with the days off for Veterans Day and parent teacher yeah. conferences and yeah. I'm like, geez, school yeah, district. Our hurricane, hurricane days. Yeah, yeah. We end up here in North Carolina. Right. Yeah. It's like no, I need to work. Like, give me a week here, people, please. You know. So yeah, I'm definitely in that sort of like. Oh, what do I need to do? So that's great advice for anybody out there that, especially for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that, you know, we, the beauty of our jobs, we make our own schedule, but the downside of it is sometimes you're like, "Mm, I'm just going to go to the gym this morning instead of editing those photos. (laughs) I was going to do. Well, that, that, I mean, that structure rolls all the way out to my calendar. I mean, there's certain, like I only book shoots Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. I do mm-hmm. my editing days on Thursdays. My home day is Tuesday mm-hmm. where I crank through all the things that I need from a life perspective, you know, um, or like that, the workout and all that sort of stuff. And it, and it is scheduled out. So like, I know that there's no Tuesday that I'm going to have a photo shoot unless it's an extreme thing, you know? Um, yeah, I, know I have a rule. I don't, I don't shoot on Mondays because weird people come on Mondays. Because what? Weird people come on Mondays. It's a true thing. It is a true. I swear. We we had like at one point in my my studio, like 
back to back to back to back Mondays booked and every single client, like something weird happened or the, the <laughs> client was really strange or my hairdresser had a car accident or there was like a hurricane. It was like, I was like, you know what? I have an idea. Let's just never shoot Mondays ever there again. You there you go. Problem solving. Every time somebody calls for Monday, I'll, I'll, I'll message it to my team. You guys free? They're like, come on, it's a Monday. You know what's going to happen. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Um, awesome. No, I think that that's great. And that, that sort of that structure around it, because I know a lot of people struggle with that too, sort of like putting up the boundaries of like, this is a real business, you know, especially like I work out of my house. It's easy to be like, oh, I'll do it later. Or, oh, okay, I could be in the office, even though I said I wasn't going to be, you know, right. like right. to have that structure. Yeah, and, and it rolls out to, oh, so I was going to say it rolls out to our kids too. Like mm-hmm. I will, I have a structured time. Like I'm going to take your phone and like, and it, there's that initial, like, but I'm addicted. <laughs> um, and then there's the lightweight feeling afterwards to take a deep breath and you have a great conversation and you hang out together and it, it, nobody wants the structure, but we all benefit from it. Yeah. We like it when we're in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like running is you can, all right. I always dread the run, but I always love it when it's done. There you go. Um, so I use that analogy because Tamar is a runner. All right. So I want to ask you, I want to go backwards for a minute. What got you into photography in the first place? What got me into photography is, um, the shorter version is my daughter was born and she was gorgeous. And I could not take any pictures of her that reflected that. I would look at her and I'd then look at the picture. I just thought, oh, this is horrible. She's so much cuter, prettier, whatever. Um, so I got really good at taking photographs just so I could better document her. I mean, the whole thing, I've studied a ton and I, I tend to throw myself into something when I'm a little interested. Um, and so I ended up getting um, really good at that and then realizing that I wanted the perfect family photo of us mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anybody to take it. So I was trying to figure out how I could take it and realizing I could do it for other people. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that uh, and that just falls right into your mission too. And I love it. And I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I want to ask you, cause I've, I've been doing this for about 10 years. So you have a little bit of a head start on me, which first of all, by the way, I can't even believe you've only been doing it for 16 years because your career is just absolutely amazing. I just want to give you, you know, shout out for that. But I'm curious when you started, when I started was really when sort of that mom with a camera thing started happening, right? The wax were coming out right. and uh, we were really looked down upon in the industry. And now in so many ways, women have taken over the industry or it's really become like a more, uh, well, there's still work to do in there, but it's become a much more female dominated industry than it used to be. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we have to pull out a little bit and say that it's it, some genres have become more female dominated and Fair. some untouched. It's, I mean, it's just, we're barely breaking in. So, um, I think it is correct in some venues and unfortunately not in many others. And, you know, you saw that whole thing come out a few years ago with Nikon, a couple of years ago now with Nikon, where there was, um, a big, uh, disparity between how Nikon USA was conducting business and, and some of what we saw come out of a different region. And unfortunately it got like kind of slapped across all of Nikon, which bothered me because I already spent the last three years doing a ton of work with Nikon and finding yeah. it to be an incredible organization to work with in that regard. Um, but it, but the fact that it, something came out and showed like just all men, was it 27 men? I mean, that, that was a, a big miss in terms of whoever put that out and not to mention the miss in terms of who are you not taking advantage of here? Who's probably an incredible talent. And we really know how much there is. So, um, in that regard, it really called to mind for me how many times I've gone to a show or a program and it's been one woman or maybe two women 
you know, I've done, I did a couple Photoshop worlds where there were two women and 98 men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right, right. And um, I, I'll never forget the time I shared a poster once on my social media page. And um, one of, I'll leave her name out of it, but one of my friends wrote out in all caps, congratulations on the one vagina here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know who that is. With, with okay. you just saying that, <laughs> there you go. And I was like, oh, thank you. I've had it forever. <laughs> so funny. But um, yeah, I think that's unfortunately um, you're, we're still seeing a lot of that, and there's still all the crap. Like I do, um, I've done a, a web show, web series for Adorama TV for the last eight years now, mm-hmm. Redefined Show, and then this last year I've done the Redefined Show Animal Edition, which I have loved. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a big turning point, by the way. We can talk about that later. But in the last few years, I have gotten extremely just almost aggressive about I'm only going to do the work I love, cutting everything out, like everything out that I just don't really want to do. Um, and that's been so cool. It's been such a such an amazing turn for that. But with Redefine Show, when I do the, um, uh, the series and have forever, it's 90% male. Mm. And comments all the day. I had a comment uh, two weeks ago. I did a show where we went out and photographed wild horses mm. on the beach. It was so beautiful and lovely. And it was a really cool segment. And uh, one of the first handful of comments said, because um, I talked about I shot this at I- ISO 100, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you do know you can shoot at ISO 64 or 32, don't you, lady? But um. yes, that's the quote. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's going to make a huge, you know I mean? Yeah, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Or someone like, there'll be this whole video and someone said, I can't believe you didn't have your lens hood on. I'm like, I'm shooting a flare shot. Like what? But they said it like, yeah. Right. There always has to be the know-it-alls, right? It's always, but it's always very much like, you're not going to hear him say, hey, lady. You right. know, there's right. a clear thing there. Yeah. So t- go back to talking about um, only doing the work you love. Do you find that that, amplifies the work that you do love to be better? Yes. 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 I mean, I've always thought you've got to focus on what you love. And I, and I have done that since day one, but I've never done it to the extent of like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, you know, one of my favorite quotes, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. And Mark Manson. Uh, I don't even know who said it. I need to give him correct credit. Um, I thought it was in the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Did you read that book? I did. I did. Okay, Actually, I did uh, audio listen to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But um, I feel like I saw it before that. Oh, maybe I, it was essentialism. I, I know I read it in a book, but anyway. I'm, I have to give credit. Give show notes, we'll do credit. But, <laughs> right, right. but um, the, uh, yeah, the gist of it is, you know, there's always stuff you kind of got to do that goes along with the blah. Uh, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I was like, no, I don't want to do anything unless I really, really love doing it. And obviously that sounds a little kind of unachievable, but when you have enough going on, that you really love, it becomes more doable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and partly what I had to figure out is that it's completely okay to let go of one dream to make room for another. Mm. Because some of the things I was letting go, I still liked, but did I really love it? Or did I still like it? Cause it was hard to get. And once I got there, I still wanted to do it. Cause I remember how much I'd wanted it then, but life has changed now. And this is my new dream. And I'm really excited about that. I mean, if you told me, Jeez, three years ago that one day I'd have a coffee shop, cafe, market, and wine bar. I'd have been like, keep smoking, girl. Right, right. (laughs) I mean, uh -uh. uh-uh. And now it's just, it's such a cool creative outlet. It's so physical. It's so brick and mortar. It's it's the coolest thing to just walk out there and 
kind of move your little plates around and make sure the showcases the cupcakes better. And you know, it's so funny you say that about brick and mortar because I've been talking a lot, um, especially to photographers, about marketing and how I really feel this urge to go back to a print marketing, not not necessarily taking an ad in a magazine, but sending a client a thank you. Here's a hundred dollar gift card or something to something because the thing is we're so digital now and then you get lost so easily where in the, in the tangible world, you can stand out now. And I'm hoping as you say that, that there are certain brick and mortar things that are going to start coming back that we start realizing, okay, you know what? I love Amazon like the next girl, but you just can't get everything on Amazon. You can't get connection. You can't get space. You can't get you know free time on Amazon. You just can't. You need to be able to have a lead. You can't stroll out and go into a bookstore in Hanford anymore. I know. It's shut down. I know. It's sad. Yeah. If you want that, you've got to figure out how to support it. We've got a big sign on our door, Independent Local Cafe. This is the one shop. But CocoBeanCafe.com. And we have a whole thing on there about like, come in. We have a magazine rack right when you come in with the nice ones. Like come in, put down your phone, have a coffee, rest, you know, sit under all that. I mean, the whole nine yards because, I, you know, you build the thing that you want to experience. You know, you yeah. build the place you want to go. Um, you build the feeling that you want to have. And I think that's a, a lot of what we've done there. And I think pretty well. And I'm pleased to say that. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. All right, so I have one more fast question for you. Um, I, I've never asked any podcast guests this question, but I think you're a good person to ask. You know, when I, I was um, out of cancer treatment, people say to me, you should be happy you're alive. And it was a very hard thing for me to hear because I wasn't feeling so alive, right? You were fe- I'm feeling really knocked down. I'm not feeling good. I'm not sleeping. I don't, I'm not in shape. I'm not eating right. You know, everything was just sort of like, it was like I got run over and now everyone's like, well, be happy you're alive. Okay, well, you know, life's a mess. So I always say to people, um, you know, there's a difference between being alive and feeling alive. And so, so I'm curious, I want to ask you, what makes you feel alive a lot? That's a great question, by the way. Your whole lead-in, I was just, I'm feeling all that. I love that. By the way, having seen you physically through a lot of it with the fact that you live fed everything, you look great when you're feeling terrible. Like, that's weird. Like, the disconnect was like, she obviously is feeling terrible. That sounds really hard. She's got the cold cap, but she's got the stilettos. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the question is what makes you feel, Oh, I mean, that's a really clear one for me is just joy is just the actual energetic vibration of joy, which is really different than just being comfortable at the movies or really different than, Hey, we clocked a good day at the shop today or whatever. Um, the genuine feeling of, uh, just standing. And for me, it's really tied to new things. When I am having an experience that I've never had before and I'm noticing something very different or I'm you know, eating out at a new restaurant or I'm on a plane to a new city. Um, that is so joyful to me. And, and also there's that kind of, um, it's it, again, some of the most cliche things are true. It's the idea that like, I'm going to break with comfort. Yes. I want to put on fuzzy socks and just binge tonight, but I'm going to go to a damn play <laughs> and I'm going to take that in and I'm going to look around on there thinking, why don't I do this more often? Right. You know? I mean, it's the idea of, of actually getting really tuned into what your body feels like when you're experiencing the vibration of joy, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not the same as contentment. And it, it, there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. Contentment's damn nice. <laughs> um, but it's the fact that like, that is where I'm actually feeling I'm alive. 
because I'm experiencing this joy that people can go years without even tuning in to whether they're feeling it or not. So they wouldn't even know that they're alive. Does that kill you? That breaks my heart. Yeah, but it is so true. And, and I've been there. So I know that people experience that. So thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. And it's a great reminder to find joy, real joy every day. Yeah. Or at least three days a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> it maybe can't happen every day, but three days a week is a good. <laughs> Thank you so much. And not just for taking time for me today, but taking time for me always. You're one of my mentors and my friends and I really look up to you and I just adore your company and we need to spend more time together. And I have an idea for your coffee shop, actually. I'm going to... I'll message you separately. Ooh, all right. I love that. Maybe You're I need good to with the ideas. I think I need to come for a visit, but just thank you for being inspiring and motivation from in everywhere. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jen. You too. Seriously, a hundred percent right back at you. Thank you. Mwah. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.